Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fog Dog and Baston. We are coming at you today with another very exciting episode. Uh, we're going to be speaking to our great friend and former Drake teammate, Kevin Kelly. Uh, Kevin is from Ireland. Uh, he came to Drake. He's now run 339 for the 1500 and 357 for the mile. Uh, he's a great runner. And yeah, I can't wait to talk, you know, all things running college uh his transition from ireland over to america um and what he's up to now yeah honestly we just have so much to catch up on when it comes to him just being at drake and everything just being friends so why don't we just cut right to it all right we're about to cut in kevin kelly who is a 357 miler and a 339 1500 runner he attended drake just a couple years ago now he's into coaching we can't wait to catch up with him kevin how you doing What's up, boys? How are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for uh, getting on here. Um, obviously, it's been quite a while since you know we were all training together at Drake, um, but some lovely, happy memories we have from our time together at Drake. Um, and actually, I guess you even spent some time here um, post collegiately. You know, you've been back in Des Moines a little bit um, on campus at Drake, but kind of what's been going on in your life, obviously. You've now run 357 for the mile. That happened over the summer. Um, where are you at right now? And yeah, what's kind of what's kind of happening in the world of Kev? Yeah, so I guess right now I'm just uh, located in Monroe at the University of Louisiana. Um, just I'm a GA down here. Um, I go to all the track meets with the with the team and whatnot. So we had a pretty hectic uh, cross country season and it's starting to get busier and even now with uh, indoors. But aside from that, I'm, uh, I'm training away, like just, you know, doing my thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tough down here when I'm on my own, but it's not too bad. Yeah. Cool. I think a lot of people are curious, like just what that's like, like you're, you're coaching and you're running at the same time. So like, take us through like a typical day of like what you're up to. Yeah, honestly, for the most part right now, it's like, you know, it. a lot of it is just kind of working with the athletes. Like, I just kind of talk to the athletes more so rather than actually coaching them. Like, I'm, I'm learning a lot from the coaches here, um, you know, in different, like, I'm working a lot with the multis and jumps coach, and I'm learning loads about, like, events that I, like, obviously I know, but, you know, there's so much about the events that you just don't know about, like, long jump, triple jump, like, high jump, all this stuff that, like even pole vault, like there's so many technicalities that you don't realize that go on. Yeah. Um, and so I'm learning a lot about that, which is cool. It's nice to like see that side of the sport also. Um, and then like a lot of it is just, you know, working with the alleys just to like make sure that they have what they need and just to get them through their day, like making sure they get to the training room and look after their bodies and whatnot. So after like, after like being at practice and stuff, like I'll, I'll usually get my run in the morning. Um, and like get lunch, whatever. And then if I have a workout or something, like typically I'll try and get that done in the morning, like before any workouts go on with the kids. But, you know, sometimes I have to kind of play around with it just because you never know what, what the schedule is like here. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like the life you're, you're <laughs> living it up. But um, with, with that, people might not realize you are still a student technically. I know I was talking to you about it. Uh, I know being a student in college kind of, doesn't really feel like you're a student a lot of the time, but, um, so you're a graduate assistant, which means you're, you're coaching for anyone who doesn't know you're, you're coaching, but, uh, you're also a student and you're also still running. So 
Well, uh, what's what's your degree right now? I, I should know this. I think I do, but fill, fill us in. <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking exercise science right now uh, with a minor in uh, what is it? sports <laughs> business, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Or sports management, sports management. That's what you, it is. Yeah, you're going to be a qualified man. Is that degree number three? Yeah. Yeah, this is the third one on the docket. So I think after this one, I'm going to call it quits. Yeah, yeah. I think I said that after the first one. So <laughs> <laughs> here I am. Yeah. So obviously, I'm pretty sure everyone can tell from this first 10 minutes of the conversation that Kevin is very into running with his coaching running and his doing running and his GAA all involving running. So we're going to take you back now and we're going to ask you some pre-Drake questions. Like, first of all, how did you get into running? What was that like? And what was kind of the experience of like coming over overseas like? Yeah, I mean, getting into running was like it's pretty simple for me. You know, my parents were like involved in our local club back home since like 1998. So, you know, I, I was only three at the time when they started getting really involved with the club. So, you know, it was pretty seamless transition, like into running, you know, it was always a part of what we did, like on the weekends or during the week, like we were always just around. So, I mean, I nearly was just kind of like, I just grew up with it around me. It wasn't a decision as such as a young lad. Um, but then like getting older, I guess, like, you know, you see like all like the other guys and girls in school, like playing different sports and like, you're like, oh, well, none of them are doing running. Cause like, at, like at my age, like people, like people had done running, like just to kind of do running because it was another sport at, a, at like earlier ages. But like when I came around, like people just weren't doing it as often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of the people who I was in school with were like either playing GAA, soccer, rugby, just other sports. And so, you know, there was like a good period there, like between probably, I would say 14 and 17, maybe where I was just like, I wasn't so sure about running. I wasn't sure if I really wanted to like pursue it. Like I wasn't very good uh, as a young kid, like never like made it to all Ireland's never like won like Irish medals. So, you know, it was like a very slow coming to running in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, I think we might've forgot to actually mention that you are from Ireland, uh, out of Dublin, obviously you just mentioned it. And if you didn't pick up on the accent, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you, probably should have done by now but um uh so when you first came to drake you'd finished at was it dublin city university yeah Yeah, dcu yeah Yeah. and um so you'd got degree one out of the way and then coach carol mark carol who's you know 350 miler 730 for the 3k uh became head coach at drake was that that was right around the time you kind of got speaking to him i guess um so what what was kind of the process with you getting recruited to Drake and how did that all work yeah so it was it was interesting because um I actually I'd already been speaking to um oh who was Cincinnati, it? Cincinnati wasn't it I, yeah I remember you telling me that so long ago yeah so Bearcats or something uh Bob, yeah Bobcat or Bearcats oh, yeah. yeah yeah something like that um and I was recruited pretty heavily to there I went and visited there the season that I had run or the season pro, uh, before I'd run uh, 343. So, you know, they still wanted me even as a 353 runner. And then I ran 343. Eventually, like, I got selected for World Universities uh, for Ireland, which were in Taiwan. And Cincinnati were like, well, we need you here on X date. And it, like, it happened to clash with the with the World Universities. And I was like, well, I'm not missing World Universities. Yeah. 
And so then that kind of just fell through the crack a little bit. And my therapist back home, Vinnie Mulvey, he was like, he was in the States. He was in Iona around the same Mm -hmm. time that Mark was in, was in uh, Providence. So he knew that he had moved to uh, Drake and I I didn't really, I didn't see that he had moved at that time, but he kind of let me know. I think my mom actually found out as well. Um, So like, I, I just sent him an email. I just asked for my therapist for his email and was just like, send him an email out of the blue. And like I said, I think I've, I've talked to him about this before. Like we never spoke about like training plans, like never spoke about like the kind of program that we'd be on or stuff. I was just like, I knew what I knew. Like after one conversation, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to go. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, it, it worked out pretty well. I would say um, ended up running 401 for the mile former school record sorry uh, <laughs> um but i mean at the time i i know that that was like pretty unbelievable like drake hadn't had a good miler for quite some time and you kind of came in um it wasn't all like smooth sailing though straight away was it as in we weren't even here but i think how, how was the adjustment essentially yeah i mean coming over i was like super excited like i mean yeah i was i i couldn't have like seeing this as a better opportunity and I just like I got here and or I got to Drake sorry and like was really enjoying it like really enjoyed indoors enjoyed the conference I think I I got second at indoor conference that year I got fifth in the second section of the 3k and we got third in the DMR so it was a pretty hectic weekend and then going into outdoors like I think I had just kind of like I was injured before I actually came over to Drake. And so like we were training just to like race. And so I had no real base under me. So like going into outdoors, I was just dead flat, like didn't like wasn't really enjoying it. And, you know, I was living with somebody I was like, wasn't really friends with that guy that I was living with. And he wasn't on the team, wasn't even into sports. Don't even think he was from America. I don't even remember who it was. <laughs> and we've all I been was, there. So then I eventually moved out of that, like that accommodation. I think I was Jewett where I was staying and got moved into my own bedroom. And like, that was nearly even worse because I just went into this kind of like dark place where I was like, I wasn't even talking to anybody. Like I just kind of like wasn't really enjoying it. Then also got injured as well that yeah. going into outdoors. So, you know, then myself and Mark, like our relationship got a bit rocky at that point, just because, you know, like, as, as it does as, yeah as an athlete as an international athlete coming over like there is some expectation on you to like compete right and i was like i went i think i, I went to like arkansas or i think it was arkansas i went to and i ran like 358 or something like it was just 1500 not yeah 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 but yeah so i ran 358 or something and then ended up going to conference got knocked out in the first round of the 1500 and just called it called it quits for that season and was just like I'm done um but yeah that was kind of like that first season I was just not a not a good transition really like it started really well and like meeting all the guys on the team like you know Cole Riley Olivia like they were all like so welcoming Max you know everyone there was like brilliant yeah yeah I think um so adjustments can get bad for a lot of people that are adjusting from their high schools or their younger age training programs to their training programs at the next level. What were some like similarities and differences between like 
what you're doing training wise before you came over and then the mileage that Carol had you doing or the training plan that Carol had you doing? Mileage wise, I think it was like relatively similar. Like, I mean, if the only things that really changed were the workouts, the workouts were definitely a lot more like, I would say aerobic based, um, very much so like long, uh, fair leg type work, uh, like lots of like, 20 or like 16 to 20 by 400 like, like stuff like that where it was like a lot of volume but it was just like just it was continuous like that so cool. that was probably the only difference whereas like back in ireland like with my dad we were doing a lot of kind of more like what melbourne track club would do you know like that yeah. sort of my style where it was like eight by k monday thresholds wednesday hills friday hills. and that yeah. was just it and then huh. you just keep, repeat this repeat the cycle weekly um, almost year round isn't it yeah, yeah. no obviously Jeez. it was like it's what they stick to basically yeah. yeah three three workouts a week all groups in australia are three workouts a week wow. yeah but yeah. when when i was in australia it was like three workouts a week but they don't go over like two and a half three miles in volume you know what i mean That's whereas good. here you're doing more like two workouts a week but they can be up to six i don't know work, six seven, seven eight work. miles of work yeah. depending on the workout but yeah did, did you find that well. felt good for you yeah i think as well though like i was very kind of heart rate based and kind of zone based when i was in ireland so all my thresholds were like very based on heart rate mm -hmm. and coming to america i just threw that out. like we just didn't use no. it it wasn't used it was just like you have a five mile tempo, just run hard. It's like, you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of like the biggest difference I, I would have noticed was just like, you know, there was no kind of like playing around with stuff. It was just like, just go run, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. How, um, how old were you when you came from Ireland to America? So it was, oh God, four years ago. So I would have been 22. Yeah. I think I was just 22. Yeah, and you stayed for two years at Drake, two and a half. I ended up getting mm -hmm. an extra year or yeah, an extra season. Just I don't know. <laughs> so, so that last cross season was the half year that you're with Fog and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When okay. we arrived, I, I don't think anybody expected that because, like, I know that like everyone was on the fence about it, and like I talked to you, Adam. Yeah. Before, before you came over. Mm -hmm. But like, I still was like very unsure if like I was even gonna be back. Yeah, you tricked me. Cause like you, you were talking to me, I think the way you were sounding, it was like, you were pretty sure you'd be back like within reason. Um, and I was, I was like 20 in Australia at the time. Like I was, I was looking at your training on Strava and seeing some ridiculous weeks. Like in Australia, I was running like, I don't know, 40, 50, maybe 60 miles on a huge week. And I think I saw some like 110 mile weeks from you. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be in for a shock, but <laughs> gladly. Oh, okay. But to be fair though, like that, like the 105s to like 107s that I did, like that was like first week of February, I think right, right before I broke the school record. So uh -huh. like, even like at that point, me and Mark weren't like, like he was obviously giving me all the workouts and I was doing all the plans and stuff. We just yeah. went uh -huh. crazy to me. Like, it's crazy when I look back now and I'm like, how did we just not speak? Yeah. Or, you know, it was just like, I was just like, I came over and I was just like, I expected something that I didn't get. And I nearly felt like kind of hard done by because mm -hmm. of it.
But like yeah. then, I, then like like we've spoken about it since, and it's just like you know he still had a team to to look after and to kind of like oversee. So it's like there couldn't be a different like he couldn't treat me differently just because I was older or because I was Irish, you know. So that was something that I look back on now, and I just kind of wish I'd been a little more kind of understanding of. But. Yeah, yeah, of course, and. I don't know, I guess you look back on that and people who know you now, obviously you're still kind of being coached by him. We'll touch on that in a minute. But um, yeah, like being both from Ireland, you know, both being pretty heavily involved with running, you'd kind of hope you'd come over and have a great relationship and, you know, get on pretty well. But I guess that's the way it, that's the way it is with a, with a lot of things. And that's kind of the way it was to begin with, with, <laughs> with you two, I think. I mean, me and you, Kev, I think, speaking a bit before I came over and stuff and then doing a few runs early on when I got here with you and, uh, you know, hanging out with the team and that kind of thing. Um, we, we were all right, but I think it might've been a bit of a rocky start for <laughs> the two of you. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think it's just like, I was the more senior guy on the team at the point and, you know, you have a freshman coming in and, it wasn't even more like it was just more so when we were like doing workouts and stuff like you know the way you'd share the load and stuff like oh yeah like 16 by a quarter and it's like it was that like let everybody let everybody do do a rep but like every rep Boston was like right like one step in <laughs> everyone and I was it just like you know I'm like it I, it shouldn't have pissed me off as much as it did but it's just like it was what it was. And like, I think that was like one day where it just kind of blew up in the middle of a session. And I was, <laughs> I remember getting back to the, <laughs> got back to the field house and Carol like pulled me aside and he was just like, if that happens again, you're not racing for the rest of the season. <laughs> wow. I think um, like I, I came from a high school where I ran alone every day. Cause I was by far the best runner. And so like, coming from there to a school like Drake, where I was having you two every day who are both better than me. And in my head, I was like, well, I have to be better than them because I've never been like worse than a teammate before. So in every workout, I thought I would have to run in the lead of every rep. And like, I was just like, it was just such a shock to me because that was like, that was such an adjustment for me because I was just so used to leading everything. Yeah. And I didn't like, I didn't really know that running behind people in workouts would like save your energy. But now like looking back on it, I'm like, man, like, yeah, what was I doing? Yeah. Share the workload. Exactly. And like in saying that though, you know, like you did stand your ground and like you knew what you were about. So it wasn't like, like it would be different now if it was just like, you know, you went on and you didn't ever run anything. It's like, you actually have gone on and like, we ran over like, I think it was last April. I think when I was back in Des Moines, we ran together we did like a midweek long run and like you were talking about what you wanted to run and stuff. It looks like you don't even remember what I'm talking about, but no, no, I do. When we were, when we did that little hill workout together, yeah, 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 yeah. Like some hill strides and stuff. And I just remember you talking like how you wanted to like, I mean, I think you had said you only run to run like three forty five. I think in your head, you still wanted to run quicker, but we all know yeah. what happened with that. Yeah. I, I just really wanted to make regionals and I didn't know at the time. Would yeah, be. yeah. Yeah. I remember you saying that you were like, Oh, I think I can make regionals. And I remember I was talking about it. I was like, yeah, you definitely can. And obviously you went on to have a pretty stellar season. So, yeah, I think, uh, well, you've obviously come quite a long way in your relationship with each other, which is good. But For that, sure. that day uh, in particular, that day, that workout, uh, the dreaded workout that we, we talked about, um, that was just a bad day in general. Cause like 
remember running down, Maxi oh, stepped yeah. on the one of our teammates yeah. for anyone listening, stepped on a uh, big like what is it? Like, like a big a horse tree, not like an acorn thing. Yeah, like a big horse chestnut. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Rolled his ankle, and bear in mind, this guy is like chronically injured. Like he just come back from probably I don't know three months or probably like three months of you know running every couple of days and biking, and living bit. on the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah literally and- living on the bike. The man was like a like he, and that's the thing. Like you have to say, like of all the guys on that team, that guy to get on that bike every time he got like a stress fracture or something <laughs> you know he raced he raced relays in front of his parents gets a stress fracture in the middle of the 5k and he's like back on the bike next week you know it's yeah. like you got to give it to the man like he like yeah. he was so unlucky but yeah that, yeah that day was <laughs> just a bad day i think yeah something in the air that day but um <laughs> he, yeah he ended up rolling his ankle you guys then fell out and maxi like he he ended up having a another week or two weeks of like you know rehabbing the ankle and whatever it yeah, yeah it is what it is and it all it kind of worked out in the end I guess um and anyway speaking of what happened uh kind of next so one of the reasons one of the biggest reasons I came to Drake was you know hearing about Mark Carroll and you know what he what he achieved and him being the head coach and then it was late November. I think we'd had regional cross country and we had a big team meeting uh, that he kind of called and you, you just had a funny look on your face the whole time. Like you knew (laughs) something bad was going to happen and who knows, maybe you did kind of know. But he, he announced he was leaving and he was becoming the head coach of Boston athletic association, um, which you then ended up kind of following him and going there to be coached by him. Um, at, at the end of fall 2019 in December. So kind of touch on that. What, what was that like? Obviously, you know, leaving Drake, leaving Des Moines in Iowa and heading out to the East coast. Um, yeah. How, how did that transition work? Yeah, God, I mean, that, uh, that transition was probably even more difficult. Like we went straight. So I actually went straight from Des Moines to, uh, Flagstaff. So, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, coach had set up a, a training camp in Flagstaff for the team. And he said that there was a spare room if I wanted to go. And I was like, well, yeah, I was like, it's better than going back to Boston where I don't really know anyone yet. So that was kind of what I did for the first month. And, you know, I, I felt like I was ready. I felt like I was like pretty fit going up there. And, but I eventually just like, just ran myself into the ground. Cause like, that, like what you're saying, Boston, like you're training around these guys that are another step ahead. And you're like, you want, you don't want to like, be falling behind so you're doing what you can to try and stay with them but it's at the expense of like the races that I ran that year you know that was right before COVID I, I came back I ran like a 816 3k felt so flat like and this is on a track in Boston like at the BU track where it's like everyone runs fast yeah yeah you know it's like when you run on that track and you still run slow you're like okay something's really wrong here yeah and so then I ended up racing around like a 412 mile maybe. And then I ran a 406, which kind of like was like, all right, well, at least it's not terrible, but it was like not even close to where I was. Yeah. So then like, you know, COVID hit then right at the end of that season, as you said, like when indoors was supposed to happen for the NCAAs. And I ended up coming back to Des Moines at that point and then got injured again. But like, yeah, like that transition was just, 
it was I just for whatever reason I, I like move like I like experience in new places but I just seem to like have a tough time actually making that transition like seamless so um after you made that transition you obviously struggled with it and the first few races were kind of tough when did you say all right I've figured it out now I've gotten to the point where I'm back to where I was and obviously based on your times now you've gotten a lot better so when did that when did that shock leave your system and you start to really find your legs again yeah um I guess after after lockdown in in Des Moines I mean I was I was running like every third day I had like tendonitis in my toes so like i I wasn't running. I was way out of fit, like, like, or like no fitness at all. Um, and I was just like living it, like just eating terrible, like doing a lot of stuff I shouldn't have been doing really. And then, um, moved back to Boston kind of around August time. I think it was like right before August. And, you know, I made some like kind of changes in my personal life, like, you know, broke up with my girlfriend and, I think that was like a big shift in terms of my athletics, you know, that really allowed me to focus in on what I wanted to do. Um, and that was like, that was probably the turning point right there was like that August, September, October, where I just got like crazy, crazy consistent. I just like held myself accountable, just like was doing all the things I needed to do. I actually started working at a shoe store in Boston as well. So you know, I was kind of starting to mix in with like the community in Boston a bit more and starting to like make more contacts. So that's definitely like what I would say was the the turning point for me right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, from there, obviously, you've now moved to Louisiana. Uh, you're at ULM Monroe. Um, kind of. So obviously, we touched on it at the beginning. You're you're coaching, you're still running. Um, but over the summer, you weren't based in Louisiana yet were you where where had you been over the summer uh so yeah after i raced in oh god so i raced in where was it austin right that was the first race of the season that's right yeah yeah Small 341 uh 343.2 or something it was a very slight pb but it was mm. like my first pb in three four four years three years i think four i think Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that was this last summer. Just summer just gone. Yeah. Summer yeah. just gone. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. As in like six months ago. Yeah. Uh yeah. And so well, it was like a year ago now, but yeah, yeah. Getting on so race that and then move back. Well, I went back to Boston at that like two days after that meet and had to move out because like our lease was up and moved to move back to Des Moines. So I was in Des Moines from like the end of February. It was like uh, all the way from March through the middle of April. Yeah. Flew back to, or like I flew to North Carolina to race. Raleigh. And Raleigh relays. Then came back to Moines. Then uh, coach called me again and was just like, oh, we're actually going on a training camp to Park City in Utah this time. And I was just like, sign me up. I was like, well, yeah. I, have no, I have nowhere else to live. So I was like, I might as well be in the mountains training as well as in Des Moines. So um yeah stayed in park city for five weeks came back to kansas raced there raced terribly again went back yeah. to des moines for another couple of weeks and then eventually settled back into boston for the rest of the summer so i was kind of all over the place throughout the summer really it was like very kind of up and down yeah know? 
Yeah. So yeah, how long since Boston uh, was it until you broke through and ran your 339? Yeah, so got back to Boston then after that and we raced a couple of times, I think. So I went I went to New York and ran a 341 and like that was a real messy race actually. Um, and then actually two days later went to race the the uh, Adidas Boost Games mile and ran terrible i was just i was my legs were dead like around 420 like i remember watching that actually you i mean honestly i think uh for anyone who well probably most people haven't seen that race but you ran a 420 but probably in like the hardest way possible you know what i mean as in yeah, you, yeah, no. you gave it a real crack and i think because you you had the lead at what halfway yeah, pretty yeah. much right up to halfway. And then once we turned the cone, I was... I yeah. Was, but like, like, I tried, like, I tried my hardest to keep with it, but it was just... My legs were just flat from the two days before. Like, it yeah. had literally only been, like, 48 hours since I'd raced, so... Yeah. So, on paper, it's, like, not a great result. But, you you know, you grab the bull by the horns, you take it on, you, you have a real crack, you know, making it a quick race. And I mean, that's the way it goes sometimes, but well, like it's an opportunity, you know, like the, yeah. like when it's put in front of you, like it's hard to say no to stuff like that because the potential upside, like obviously like, you know, you run bad and it's like, it is what it is, but if you run well, like the potential upside is quite good. So Definitely. that's always been the way I take them, them sort of opportunities. It's like, yeah, I'm way out of my depth here. And even at that point, like I, like training wise, I was like, I'm not out of my depth. Like I knew mm-hmm. my training was really good. It was just that, we still hadn't it just hadn't clicked at that point yeah yeah but clearly it wasn't you know far away you you ran 339 very soon after obviously you just said you ran 341 in a pretty messy race i think someone get tripped up in that race they fell down yeah yeah so i like someone got tripped and i like ended up like not stumbling but like i had to like take a couple of steps in the rail and yeah yeah you know with 600 to go like it's just not ideal like when your momentum is going that way so yeah yeah i was still uh, happy with like i was still happy to run a two second pb all the same you know like of course so yeah pb's a pb yeah um and then after that so we're getting closer to you know your your obviously most recently your top races i guess so 339 um and then more recently i think only what a week or two after that you ran 357 for the mile on the same track in new york almost on your own, I think, from memory, uh, maybe no, a pace. So the, of, no, the, the three thirty nine was not on my own, but it was like the the sub four was like I came fifth, I think, and it was a pretty oh, right. not a loaded field, but like there was like like I mean, it was one in three fifty four, I, I believe. Who won uh, that? Um, Canadian guy. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, it's like it's like a French sounding name. I like I know oh, Charles Philibert yeah. yeah. Tibito yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then so yeah, so the funny thing was I actually ran the 339 and was like like two weeks before that, like I, me and Mark kind of sat down and were like, we we knew that like I was fit and he kind of was just like, all right, let's just go to the track and we'll do a, a pretty big workout. So we did three by mile off three minutes 
and I hit like 318, 316, 317, or four. 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 <laughs> <Sorry. Insane. laughs> you got into incredible shit. Like, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, ran uh, ran them times, and like I had my my old roommate uh, Tim again pace me through quite a bit of it. So it wasn't on my own, but at the same time, you know, Mark said to me, he was like these workouts like they don't just fall out of the sky like you got to be pretty fit to do these so that gave me a lot of confidence after that and then obviously went went to new york and like drove up the morning of like i left at like i think 7 a.m or 6 a.m or something uh got a, a ride up and just got out of the car 55 minutes before the race warmed up and like put my spikes on did a stride and i was like today's the day i like i knew it like i felt yeah amazing you know you knew it the night before as well didn't you <laughs> well that was the mile that was the mile oh right yeah yeah, yeah. The, the 339 yeah, like there's a bit of crossover there but yeah the sorry uh, yeah they're so similar like same yeah. track similar time as in yeah. june or july last year uh, right easy so, to get yeah, mixed up drove up and like the funny thing was like i remember my i was chatting to my parents and they were like like how are you getting home because i didn't actually have a ride home <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't really know. I was like, <laughs> like I'll just go up and race first and then I'll figure it out afterwards. That was kind of my mentality. And I was like, just didn't even think about it. I was like, worst case scenario, like like my sister, like some of her friends were in the city in Manhattan. So, you know, if I really had to, I would have just sent her a text, but like, I didn't want to do that. So yeah. I ended up getting a ride back to Providence and ended up getting a train back to Boston. And it was just like, it was just such a long day. <laughs> but it was just like, I didn't have another option really. So, you know, it was after that, then I went back home to do nationals. It was actually, I did nationals between them two races. So that was like a, another kind of, that was lucky that I got to go home because restrictions kind of just started getting lifted and stuff in terms of mm -hmm. travel back to Ireland. So, yep. And uh, nationals, speaking of an Irish bronze medal, yeah. you, you again took that race by the, by the balls. You, you really gave it a go. Um, you, I think you had the lead for a bit, did you? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was a weird one because, you know, obviously Andrew Koskern, like he had the Olympic, or like he would run 335 at this point, you know? Yeah. So he was the man to beat. You know, Carl Doyle had come back after running a very good NCAA uh, season also. Doyle, Paul, um, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who else was there? Um, you know, John Travers was in there. Like he's a another like really quick i think he had run 337 last season so you know it was a pretty stacked field and yeah on the day i, I remember ringing mark and i was just like um i want to take it like from the gun i wanted to take i felt amazing and he was like he was like oh what's the weather like and i was like oh it's a little bit windy and he's like don't even think about it and you know in my head i was still like i i still felt like i could run the legs off them and that was my and like i say it to my dad all the time i was just like i genuinely think i can run the legs off him and you know eventually just kind of stuck with the plan and it was a, a sit and kick race really i think we only and only ended up running 349 and we closed relatively hard but i took the lead with 220 to go and mm -hmm. thought i could maintain but i probably went a bit too hard too soon um but you know that's that's kind of the way uh coach always put it to me it was just like when you go just go there's like there's no like don't give it 98 percent. you want to you want to go all out so that's mm -hmm. what i did and unfortunately like i went for the win and ended up getting third so who are the two guys that beat you that day 
So Coskin won it and then Carl Doyle got second. He actually came through like a train. He, he If he was any closer to the front, he would have... Yeah, the same thing. Same <laughs> as regionals. Fog, yeah. Fog and I have had our experience with Carl Doyle. Yeah, but... <laughs> we have. Man, I mean, his pick is crazy. It's it really like, is. Yeah, when I seen it at regionals that that day. Like, I think it was in was it in Texas? Texas. Yeah, yeah. It was it was in both our final. Our we were yeah. both oh, in that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was in the regional final. So for yeah. anyone listening who doesn't understand that, it's NCAA outdoors. You go top forty eight times, go on to regionals, and then from there, you know, you run four heats, and then there's two like kind of finals that come from those four heats. Yeah. Um, me and Baston were in the same final so two finals and then from those two finals 12 go on to ncaa's from the east region and the west region and it was in our final he he was way back like he was he was further back back i was i was yeah you were in eighth place i was in eighth place at 200 to go and he was behind me he was yeah but there was a gap as well yeah there wasn't like yeah it was a big gap and i moved i moved up and kicked into the lead and i thought i had won the race which is kind of crazy because I looked to the left and I, cause I was just like, oh, I just have to beat uh Talon Franco who is right. in first place. I didn't even look to my right. He kicked on the outside of me. He was in like lane three or four. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, was, that was a crazy race to be fair. Cause I was like, I seen you come out. I, I was like, all right, Bastin's safe. And I was just like, I was like, fog make it. I, I, in my prelim and then that regional final, I really, I scraped through both. Yeah, we were texting and stuff, and you were like, you were like, I feel terrible. Yeah. Oh, you know? I I knew something wasn't right. As in, nothing nothing was technically wrong with me, flat. but I was so flat. Like yeah. it was it was what two weeks after running the triple a conference. Not the I hate using that as an excuse, but I'm I did not you know, feel I normal. Think I said it to you though, dude. Like you know, ten k. 5k 15 like it's just two 1500s as well yeah you know it's just like it's a lot of it's a lot of volume in your legs and even if the 10k was like what seemed like probably threshold pace at the time yeah you know it's still like after doing all the other stuff like or i know it was the first event but like when you add all that stuff up yeah of course it's gonna leave some sort of junk in your legs so. oh of course yeah i i think even even in workouts just after conference, you really didn't look the same, honestly. Yeah, I was a different man, but it was kind of crazy. So I had that MVP from conference. Yeah. <laughs> the MVC. Yeah. At least at least you don't have to worry about getting that anymore. No. So yeah, you yeah. You can focus on the thing that matters more. This Lesson year. learned, yeah. I think. But um, yeah, long story short, Carl Doyle from Ireland, Portland, dirty dirty kick and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he showed so, that yeah, we, we kind of got off, t- off topic there a little bit but yeah he uh he ended up getting second and that was just like that was another race that like i i really enjoyed like i really was starting to enjoy my race at that point because it was like all right i'm actually starting to like feel good and like i feel like i have control of what i'm doing in races where like up to like that 339 like i still didn't really feel like i was in control of what yeah. happened and like you, you boys probably know well, it's like, you know, sometimes you just get dragged along, but like some days there's days where it's like, if there's a move, like you're ready for whatever comes. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where I got to, uh, like with the 339 nationals, the sub four, like I just felt like in control. Yep. Yeah. So taking, taking it off of that, just after, after you started to have these insane breakout races and you finally like felt like 
the runner that you wanted to be for like those years at Drake and the runner you've become now kind of like, what did you do after that? So when did you get into the coaching gig you're at now? And what was your training like after that period of time? And just like, what led you from that period to where you are right now? Uh, necessity, probably more than anything. I, uh, I was on a visitor visa, um, throughout the summer. So I wasn't able to work through that time. So I was, yeah, wasn't able to work. So then that visa was running out. So I ha- that visa was going to run out. I think in, it was going to be September and I was like, well, I don't re- I still didn't want to go home. I still want to go back to Ireland. So I like, I was playing Warzone with one of my <laughs> friends who actually works here, Colin Burke. And like one of the, like the distance coach, uh, coach Silversmith here, he was playing as well. And we were like, he was like, oh, you know, this, we have a GA position open. And it was literally from there, like I got, I got the coach's email, the multis coach, coach Honeycutt. I got his email, emailed him my CV. And like within a week I had an interview and within like maybe three or four weeks I had the job. And so then it was just like a case of getting my, my visa papers redone by the school so that I could go home and then come back. So like, it was more so at the time, like, yeah, I've always wanted to get into coaching, but it probably happened a little earlier than I would have liked. I would have kind of liked to kind of continue in Boston with, with the team and with coach, but you know, sometimes you just got to take what's given and that this is where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, obviously, yeah, you are at ULM as the GA, you're still running and still probably, I mean, you definitely do still have big plans with running. Um, you also now literally in the last three days or so have kind of got your own kind of coaching gig up and running. Um, so Kevin Kelly coaching, uh, for anyone listening, it's on Instagram at the moment, uh, but taking on clients for, I, I assume kind of any distance, uh, any kind of goal. Um, do you want to kind of touch on that? Talk a little bit about what, what the aim is with that and kind of what your, I guess, uh, main kind of target group would be. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have a main target group with it. You know, I, I, I aim to, you know, assist anybody and everybody and it doesn't even have to be with running, you know, like obviously running is like, a lot of what I know, but, you know, I've worked a lot with like the violence prevention coordinator at Drake, uh, Lynn Cornelius. Like I worked with her a lot in terms of like mental health stuff. And so like, I want, I wanted to create a platform just to like, uh, assist people in like a healthier lifestyle and a healthier life, uh, sport balance, because, you know, coming out of college, I, you just see, and like, I, I kind of was su- suspect of it as well, you know, just kind of thinking that running is all there is, you know, and that's just not the way it is. You know, yeah, sometimes, yeah. sometimes we're just kind of, we only see five meters in front of us. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to set up some sort of platform here for clients that want to be, want to like hit their goals but do it in a healthier way and do it in a way which you know they'll is sustainable you know because mm-hmm. a lot of athletes go into and they're like oh i want to run a marathon i want to run, run a half marathon it's just like you gotta you gotta be able to like do it in the way that your body allows as well because 
if if we start if you get into running and if you just like go balls to the wall with it you know that's just not going to be sustainable yeah because these these people are more than likely are going to be working full full-time jobs you know, yeah you have, to, you have to account for that as well so a lot of it is working with clients to like kind of smooth out that like that relationship between work and then how much they can run because you know if you have a 60 hour week and you're working 20 hours longer than you're supposed to your body's going to be a little more fatigued you're going to be tired you know that's when a good time for a coach to be like hey you know maybe we should just back off a little bit you know you might not feel terrible but you know neurologically your body is probably a little fried just from the overexertion at work so you know stuff like that and like even like confidence stuff with and like that's a big thing in i think the ncaa system is like working with athletes to like kind of build confidence like because you know i think again i don't know what how you've seen it Boston, but i think a lot of freshmen come in thinking they got to make an impact immediately you know and it is great to do that but you know it's a four-year gig like you have four or years five or, or six or, or seven or seven if or maybe nine if you're at BYU I don't know yeah yeah like, you know so that's kind of just what I'm trying to like work with the kids here on a lot too is that like it is you're going to be here for four to five years and it's like mm-hmm. you know if you're jumping or running PBs right now it's like you know just keep believing in what you're doing and just keep doing it because you know, in four years, like the coaches have plans for you. Like they're not, it's not, it's not a six month plan. Like the plan is it's, they want to get you to year five and get you to nationals and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, there's a lot to it, you know, there's a lot that I really want to achieve with it. So it's just a lot of kind of confidence building, you know, around the the running plans and stuff. That's so cool. And right at the end there, you mentioned there's a lot that you want to achieve with it. Um, I'm sure a lot of people want to hear the specifics, like whether it's your running, your coaching, your new platform, like what are your goals in the next 10 years? Like, where do you see yourself going with all of this? And like, yeah, including your own running. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think my, my own running is always going to be first and foremost, like it has been for the last seven years. So I'm not going to just like put that to the side, but I'm definitely, I definitely have a healthier balance in terms of what I'm trying to achieve. So yeah, I think in the next, you know, uh, so just to backtrack a little bit, like over Christmas, I had a bit of a down period. I was like very flat, like not feeling very good with training and stuff. So I ended up taking like nearly two weeks off, just like mentally was fried, body was fried. So just had a quick reset and kind of have been slowly building back up mileage and stuff back up to 80 miles last week. And good workouts and stuff again so you know I think looking forward this outdoor season again I just want to be more consistent like than I was last year obviously I only ran 339 once and 357 once I'd like to run it uh, run quicker and run it more consistently um long term you know European champs are always still going to be on the radar um you know I, I still personally think I can run 335, 334, just given the training I've done in the past year and how far it's taken me. I think that there is a, a good possibility I can take another big chunk off my my PBs. But, you know, it's, it's just going to be a long graph because 
doing it down here has been diff it's been more difficult than anywhere i've probably ever done it before just because yeah. i'm the only person that holds myself accountable to doing what i'm doing so you know that that's been tough so that like outside of the running you know coaching and stuff i think that's probably where my long long-term goals will lie is, is in coaching and assisting other athletes to to reach their potential because you know even a, like I speak to you, Adam, all the time about it. It's like, I'm not going to be sitting over here and like telling you what not to do. Like, yeah, I want to give you the best advice possible because I still want to see you achieve the best. And the same with you, Bass. And like I, any athlete that I come in contact with, I want to see them do their best. Like that, that's just how it is. And so I think that's where that, that journey is going to go. It's just more so into the college coaching side of things. And, I think, yeah, I think the, the personal coaching side is just, it's, it, it gives me an opportunity to learn more about the craft and to, you know, help people with like the knowledge I have. So yeah, it's just, there's a lot I want to do. And I, I think I have a, a good grasp on it now on how to, how to get there. So. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, yeah, obviously with your own running, you mentioned, European champs, but I think, you know, if you're getting down to 335, 334, I think there could be, could be definitely some more opportunities to run at major championships, you know, and obviously for, for every runner, it is, yeah. you know, the, the pinnacle running at something like the Olympics. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, come Paris or even LA, we see you there in 15, five marathon. Yeah. who knows ah, yeah no i think that's like the thing is like I, I never like i'm only three i've only run 339 so I'm yeah not gonna, yeah i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh like paris is like what i'm gonna do it's just like you know i'm gonna keep grinding i'm gonna keep working i'm gonna do what i can and you know i have a coach who believes in me i have parents who believe in me i have friends who believe in me you know and until that day where somebody says you know like this is probably where it is, you know, that's like, I'm still happy to keep pushing and to keep making progress because if I can make the same type of progress in the next two years, like who knows, like who knows? And that's like, I'm exactly. just, I'm not going to tell myself that it's impossible because, you know, I would say five, 10, like five, six, seven years ago, breaking four minutes was nearly impossible for me. Like I would have said nearly impossible. I yeah. wasn't, I wasn't a very good middle distance runner. So you know, if I can do it from there, why can't I go on and do the same thing now? That's a great point. And on, for those of you who've never seen Kevin Kelly run, man, I like to pride myself in having a lot of foot speed, but when we were doing those workouts in April, man, you, you have crazy speed. Like this guy can sprint really fast. Like I think the mid distance events is going to be where you're going to shine. And man, like, like you said, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ran 334 in a month from now you just never know <laughs> but well, as you say yeah you wouldn't recommend doing it a month from now you know yeah keep on uh keep grinding and get the timing right and yeah yeah the world is your oyster but yeah well look listen i think to any athlete out there that's listening it's like you know you just have to look at examples like nick willis right it's like yeah. the man's gone 20 years in a row breaking four minutes and he's 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 getting up there now and it's like the, nobody can tell you that like age is a factor because he's been winning major medals the whole way through his career. Yeah. You know, his mindset was just different, you know, and 
coach is the same with me. He's like, like he just doesn't set limits, which mm-hmm. is like the best thing about it. I think like, I, I'm sure most coaches do. I, I've just been like fortunate enough to only really work with like two or three coaches in my time, like my dad and then coach, like that's it. So wow. I don't really know what, what, what anybody else does or what they subscribe to. So yeah, it's just, it's very plain and simple with, with Mark. And that's what I like about it is that like, there is no BS around it. It's just like, you know, go run. And like, if you're not enjoying it, pull back a little bit. If you are, let's kick off. <laughs> yeah. Simple stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a pretty simple sport. There's not, not a whole lot to it. I think a lot of people go wrong with it because they, you know, they do overthink it. And I mean, even, even myself, I can probably speak from experience, you know, it's very easy to fall into the trap of overthinking everything you're doing in terms of food, sleep, lifestyle, training, just the whole thing. And obviously all these factors do affect how you run, but you've just got to, you know, live your life. Running is a big part of all of our lives, but yeah. Yeah. Well, like that's it. And like, you know, you overthink these things, but like, just like rewind back to the sub four, right? So the night before it was like, you know, again, drove to New York with uh, one of the guys on the team, Thomas Todd, and I got a subway like downtown and my sister wasn't home. She was out with her work friends, like at some event. And she was like, oh, Stephen at the time was her fiance, now husband. He was at a pub and I was like, I'll just go and hang out with him until like you get back to the apartment. And, you know, he was having a few drinks and I was just like, ah, go on. Like, I'll have one or two and then end up having like four Guinness, you know. But like I had like I was so confident with the workouts I'd done the two weeks prior to that, that like I just allowed allowed myself to enjoy that moment. And like, you know, that was it was honestly nearly even better because had I gone back to the apartment, you know, I probably would have just been thinking about it yeah i've just been thinking about the race and been like oh what if this happens or what if that, that happens but you know had a few drinks relaxed me had a great night's sleep and woke up the next morning and then went for my jog and felt great so yeah you know you can overthink these things all you want but you know a lot of confidence just comes from the work we do beforehand and that's like another thing that coach has always said is like you know on the day of a race there's no more you can do like mm-hmm. all this worrying like there's nothing you can do about it so yeah, that's like that's one thing as well that like athletes should should definitely start to understand a little earlier is that you know the work is the weeks and months before the race, not yeah two or three days before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost more important getting your body mentally ready for the race more than it is physically at that point because you've already gotten your body ready physically with the months and months of training. So yeah, yeah. I think. Honestly, we've we've pretty much covered everything we plan to cover. Um, if there's anything left that you want to, you know, get in there before we part ways, then now's your moment. Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think keep an eye out on the socials. I'll be I'll be getting back on the track here soon enough. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not sure exactly when my season's going to kick off, but we're uh, we're in the works of uh, yeah. trying to plan something out. So nice, awesome. Yeah, drop the. But, uh, Drop the Instagram profile names, drop the coaching profile names just so people can give you a follow too. Yeah, personal is Kev.Kelly and then the coaching is Kevin Kelly Coaching. 
and we'll we'll leave a link in the description to both of them um also kevin's on strava um for any runners out there i mean well probably most people listening are runners uh probably it's gonna be monthly updates from now on so it's like last day of the month yeah i'm just gonna stop monthly going. strava yeah so i'll just upload everything at the end of the month oh nice okay yeah. cool yeah yeah fair enough not really sure why but it was kind of yeah no fair enough um yeah what uh what's the deal what's the next for you guys is the conference next well no i'm going to the tyson invitational try and get a national qualifier for the mile yeah what's that that's in two weeks uh so yeah not this weekend but the next weekend yeah 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 so i my my friend actually colin is going to be jumping at that too so oh cool in the mile he's a long jumping jumping if he's going, if he's going to that, I might see if I can jump in with him. That'd be that'd be sweet if I could come watch your race. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe get in the mile yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we'll see. We'll see. It's, yeah, that'd be sweet. Could be a little soon, but I could try it. <laughs> yeah, give it a go. Why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, Bastin will try to get that national mile qualifier. Um, yeah, that should be a pretty pretty good race right there. Yeah. Oh yeah, what it's a good track number, for it. What's number sixteen right now? Yeah, fifty-seven-four. I think. <laughs> I think. Ridiculous. I think it's Charlie O'Donovan, Irish man. Oh, is it really? He's I think so. It's not crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, man. I'm. I mean, you have to run like you have to basically run with Fargrand to guarantee you a spot at this point. So I'm gonna have to break fifty-seven in order to be confident. Yeah. I think when I ran four hundred one, I think three fifty-nine was like number sixteen, or and like I think obviously Fog, your year was a little different just because like cross and indoor kind of overlapped yeah. quite a bit so you know yeah your 359 got you in but you i know. got lucky though as in i was i was number 25 with my 35903 number yeah. 25 and i got in i got into that top 16 because of people scratching and you know i yeah. felt yeah. i always knew i should have been there and then i proved that at nationals you know i showed it by coming forth um going in rank number 15 of 16 but originally, yeah, I was 25th. I got lucky. But as you say, you know, there was national cross happening. Right. People chose to run cross instead. Yeah. Corona has really like thrown a spanner in the works with everything. Eligibility. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. What's that do for you now? Like, like, do you get in, would you get another year if you wanted it or? Yeah. We have actually discussed this a little bit in a podcast, like a, a couple of weeks ago, I think, but, um, I think I have cross country and then indoor. So if I if I wanted to come back, I could come back and do cross country and then indoor. I don't think I have outdoor, but I graduate in May and I'd have to be studying. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I won't do that. I'll, I'll see. I'll see. It really depends on. It really depends on indoor and outdoor this year. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully. Uh... Both of you guys. Well, obviously, Foggy, you've pretty much stamped your ticket in, but hopefully, hopefully, Bass, hopefully you yeah. can uh, something that will will put you in. Hopefully, not quicker than three thirty three fifty seven, but <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah it, well, it might have to be. It yeah. might, it might have to like legit might actually have to be. So yeah, it's probably gonna have to be. Yeah, I guess people always end up scratching. You know, Nico Young isn't gonna run the mile. Well, I haven't spoken to him, but I assume he's not planning on running the mile. Um, but well, people run, like that he did run 354 <laughs> what a, yeah <laughs> yeah 
mad. I mean, like in the end, it's it's just crazy to me. Like you know what, five six years ago, like Drake didn't have a mile, like did not yeah. have a mile. Yeah, and, I, yeah, nuts. You know, it, it's crazy to think what Carol and then now what Jay has done with that program. You know, and like it. It started with the team that was there, like that cross country team that we had. You know, like it, it really the atmosphere just changed around Drake a little bit. So yeah, you know, kudos to you guys for for keeping that going and pushing the boat out with with Drake. Kudos to you as well for yeah. kind of taking those first steps. I think what was the school record before you came? Four oh five? Yeah, it's four oh four. I think. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's still a very solid mile time in yeah, general it was, but it was solid. like at the time like i remember like i was like the day i the day of the race i remember uh who was it riley texted me riley miller texted me and he just sent me this like hype video and i was just I, I, like because we had in the house like we were all living together and like yeah in the house, we kind of built that whole week was sub four sub four week. i wasn't even yeah. thinking about the record you know mm. and oh yeah after the race around 401 and you know the two boys ahead of me had run sub four in the race george kush and uh who was the british kid kieran taylor uh, no from missouri um i know i can't think of the second name but yeah you know i i came off the track and you know i was obviously delighted to break the school record but like in my like in my head i was like ah oh, didn't break four minutes kieran wood yes kieran yeah that's him yeah so, yeah you know like that was a that was a that was just like kind of the changing i think of like you know drake can actually be a spot where milers can go and and definitely be good yeah so. for sure. not 100% i agree hopefully for years to come drake will be a miling university so hope so started yeah, off right. by uh kev kelly and yeah i mean i really think we've kind of covered everything um thank you very much for taking the time to come on here uh, it's been Really good to, you know, chat running, chat Drake and uh, chat your your life now post-college. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah thank well, you. We really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. I was like, you know, I obviously love talking to you. So it was uh, it was good to do it in this type of, type of setting, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode. Make sure you're following Kev on uh, socials, kev.kelly and Kevin Kelly Coaching. And then also Strava as well. There'll be links down below. Uh, thanks everyone for watching, listening. If you're on Spotify, and um, we'll see you in the next one for sure. Right, well, best of luck with your season. Thanks, Kevlar. Thank you you yeah. too.